Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. I can't believe, uh, I can't believe we're here, to be honest. Uh, I knew we'd make it. I think we all knew we'd make it, but uh, yeah, it's totally, totally wild that, that we are at the end of November and uh, almost in 22, and at this point, time has no meaning and is a flat circle. So, um, yeah, every, every year kind of around, around this week, um, I always am reminded really of just how much changes. Um, this week of the year is kind of the start of the holiday season every year. You know, from, from next week forward, um, most of us won't work five days every single week for the rest of the year. Uh, most of us have some sort of holiday party or family gathering probably once a week till the end of the year, right? And, uh, and we're here for 2021. The leaves have changed colors, as you've noticed. They seem to be hanging on a little bit longer. I think they knew that we needed the color right now. Trees are starting to bear themselves. Those breezes are starting to get cold. Minus today. Minus today. Creation seems to feel that change, too. You'll notice geese and birds flying south. While I was writing this teaching, I was sitting and looking out a window, and I watched a squirrel bury a nut for spring, and I thought, there is no chance that he finds that in six months. Personally, my allergies are horrible, because when things die, uh, so do my sinuses. And uh, we even put uh, new tires on our Jeep. I was putting it off all year until I knew that snow possibly could be in the forecast, and again, minus today. I feel like snow could possibly be in the forecast at some point, so it seemed fitting. As the earth turns, seasons pass. And it reminds us that in all things, there are seasons of change. Change is inevitable. There's nothing that we can do about it. And as I prepared to teach tonight, there's one scripture passage that continued to jump out to me and was actually what I kind of created this teaching from. You'll be happy to know that it is from Scripture. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 starts, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. For everything there is a season. So it was a studying and researching this, this portion of scripture, there's it's a particularly helpful shape to the verses that follow. And in the original Hebrew, that word season is actually the word zaman. And zaman denotes a fixed, definitive portion of time. So the seasons that our writer goes on to describe have a definitive beginning and a definitive end. I love the words of theologian Kenneth Matthews. He says, life is composed of joy and sorrow, building and destroying, and living and dying. Each comes at the proper time. This reminds us that we are creatures of time and not yet able to partake of the joys of eternity. 
No one can be happy who has not come to grips with the reality that life is full of changes and sorrows as well as continuity and joy. We must accept that we are mortal and governed by time. So as I said, there are many seasons in time. From verses 2 through 8, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down, a time to build up. A time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance. We're only halfway. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search, a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. I think he covered all of time. As we are well aware, we find ourselves coming out of a season that's going on two years, which is why time has no meaning anymore, that really seem to have no end. These two years have been full of crying, full of grieving, searching, hating, and unfortunately, death. This season that we've experienced and every other season seems to be represented in these verses. Every single one of these zaman, every one of these seasons has a beginning and an end. So the question that guides us tonight is not the question of when will this change, when will this season pass. Because zaman has a beginning and an end, so we know that it will pass. Instead, I ask, what do we do in the middle? How do we deal in the midst of change, in the midst of these seasons? So first off, let's move forward under the assumption that for most, if not everyone, there is always some uncomfortability when it comes to change. We don't naturally like change. As humans, we are naturally reluctant to change. And this is natural in seasons of difficult change. The loss of a loved one, unexpected job, financial difficulty. But researchers also tell us that we have an aversion to positive change. Even when we, when we believe that ultimately whatever this change is, is in our best interest and is good, there's still a period of mourning, M-O-U-R, that occurs. You've gotten the job of your dreams, came with a raise, but the day you start, you realize you kind of miss your coworkers. Or as you're adjusting to that new routine, you realize, you know, I kind of miss my old routine. I miss feeling comfortable in my day-to-day. For those who have children, Dave and Chanel, if you're watching, you are experiencing this in this moment. When you have a child, something that maybe isn't talked about enough 
is there is a feeling of sadness. You love your little one. And there is nothing in the world that you wouldn't do. But from this point forward, you are no longer a couple. You can't do the things you used to do when you wanted to do them, whatever they might be. You have a child. And that's hard. It's hard. As I said, it is good change. But there's some sadness. We have this belief that that things are either good or they're bad. They're either happy or sad. It reminds me of a Casey Musgraves lyric. Is there a word for the way that I'm feeling tonight? Happy and sad at the same time. Most change is a lot like that. Happy and sad at the same time. So these words in Ecclesiastes, they really fit these feelings. From verse 4 again, a time to cry and a time to laugh. Who here in the last two years has cried and laughed? I have. Four seasons total landscaping gets me every single time. A time to grieve and a time to dance. Who has grieved? Who has danced? Maybe not physically, but in your spirit. Probably. But listen to what the writer follows with, starting in verse 9. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded that there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. People should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it, and nothing can be taken away from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. Now, I generally believe in in two types of change. First, change that we initiate. Second, change that initiates something in us. Change that we initiate is change that we kickstart. Change that we plan for, have some amount of say in or control over. Whether necessary or not, it's change that we generally lean into. Change that initiates something in us does so because it is unexpected. It is out of our control, usually a surprise. I use this phrase, initiate something in us, because this type of change usually serves as some sort of catalyst, usually requiring something new from us. This type of change is often painful. It's often difficult. Because most often, it seems to come when we least expect it. This is change that instead of leaning into, we lean away from. These verses in Ecclesiastes describe that type of change. What do we get for all of our work? How long must we bear this heavy burden that is just existing? 
time is fixed, and we have no control over what comes our way. We have no control over how long we will even be here on earth to experience it. We don't know why things happen as they do. And we can't comprehend what God is all about in these moments. One scholar writes, We are locked into a world of events that we cannot shape. No amount of effort can change the time that God has determined. Yet our verses say, God has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. So when we are out of control, God is inviting us to see the beauty in these seasons. I found another theologian, Donald Spence Jones. This is really cool. He was educated at Westminster and our own Harvard University sometime around 1865. And regarding these verses, I love his response. Now, it's a little long. It's going to be on the screen. You can follow along. Let me read you this. All parts of this have in God's design a beauty and a harmony. Their own season for appearance and development. Their work to do in carrying on the majestic march of providence. God has put into human minds a notion of infinity of duration. The beginning and the end of things are alike beyond our grasp. The time to be born and the time to die are equally unknown and uncontrollable. Humankind sees only minute parts of the great whole. They cannot comprehend all at one view, cannot understand the law that regulates the time and the season of every circumstance in the history of man and the world. Mankind feels that as there has been an infinite past, there will be an infinite future which may solve anomalies and demonstrate the harmonious unity of God's design. And we humans must be content to wait and to hope. So for every moment, every hardship, every season of change, each of these are an opportunity from God to remind ourselves that God has set all things in order. And that God is the one pulling all of the strings. See, if we were in control, and if we were setting the order of all things, I would guess that we would probably begin to find our confidence in ourselves. But instead, God demands that we put our confidence into him. This is why God has set eternity into our souls. God asks us to lay down our desire to control and pick up the sense of grandeur, to own a sense of worship to God. This is what Ecclesiastes means when it says the fear of God. That instead of control, 
we release control and turn our need to control into an abundance of worship for the God who is in control. We can't see the beginning. We can't see the end. All we can see is where we currently are. But for God, nothing escapes his dominion. Everything is within his divine purview. So back to our question, what do we do in the midst of change? As I see it, for those who follow Christ, we have two options. We can choose an attitude of control. We can do that. We can deny change. We can put our heads in the sand. We can double down on all the actions and the perspectives that have served us pretty well up to this point. Or we can choose to trust. We can open ourselves up to this change. We can embrace these new challenges as opportunities. We can see these as possibilities to decrease our confidence in ourself and increase our faith in God. But no matter what choice we make, there's one thing that remains true. And it comes from the words that closes the passage from verse 15. What is happening now has happened before. And what will happen in the future has happened before. Because God makes the same things happen over and over again. Earlier in Ecclesiastes, in chapter 1, verse 9, it actually says, what, will be, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. This season has been more trying than anything most of us have experienced in our collective lifetime. We haven't seen anything like this so far as we've been alive. We are still processing the trauma, because make no mistake, that's what it is. It is trauma. But history and the scripture tells us that all of this has happened before. And, unfortunately, in some form or another, all of this will happen again. Disasters, wars, pandemics, they are a thing of the past. They are also a thing of the future. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity. There's nothing that we can do about it. This change, it's constant, it's ever present. Research tells us that the more things change, the faster things change. 
If you look at the curve of change, it looks like this. And we realize when we study history that there have been pandemics. We have seen war. We have seen famine. We have seen disasters. And in their own time, they were traumatic. Scriptures tell us, and we can rightfully assume that if they've happened all throughout time, they'll happen again. So as I close tonight, I realize that that this 2021 holiday season, this is crazy, as I was sitting down to write, that this holiday season is the first holiday season in two years that will probably feel somewhat normal. I'm laughing inside because last Thanksgiving we were sitting on Rendell and Shelley's patio because none of us were vaccinated and, you know, COVID spreads indoors in warm environments. So we thought, well, let's do it outside. Well, never do that again. A lot has changed. But this year, for the first time in two years, as I said, we've got some plans. Anybody have plans? Things you didn't do last year that you're doing this year? Yeah. Good. You're going to sit around that table with your family. But for many, it's going to look really different. There are going to be reminds Reminders of this change next week. Some seats at that table can have some empty spaces. We've experienced that in our family. It's hard. There are those conversations that we normally have that we look to avoid that that are going to be more contentious. Maybe be the person that works to smooth those over. If you hear the name of a politician, just do something distracting. Jump onto the table or something. It's your mission. But I want to encourage you with the words of Jesus. John chapter 8. Jesus told his disciples very truly... I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. So, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what is happening in the world, no matter what is happening in your own life or in your family, Jesus says, I am. Before all of this happened, Jesus was. And in the here and now, Jesus is. And when all of this inevitably happens again, at some point, Jesus will be. Scripture teaches that he is the friend that that sticks closer than a brother, for those of us who don't have a brother, than a sister, a sibling. both with us in every moment 
And also scripture teaches that praying for us in every moment. Upon Jesus' physical absence, God sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter and our guide here and now. So as things inevitably change, we know that God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit remain our strength, our hope, and our guide through these seasons of change. So where do we go from here? I think it, I think it depends. I think there's some nuance, which died a cruel death in 2020 and 2021. Are you in a season that's relatively stable? Praise God. Good for you. Ask that in this season that God would come and grow your faith. God has placed eternity in our hearts. So practice an eternal perspective. Are you in the midst of change? Are you coming out of a season of difficult change? Are things shifting and shaping in ways that you might not necessarily have chosen for yourself? I would invite us to, to in these moments, adopt an attitude of trust. Well, there might not be many answers. I pray and your church prays that your faith would grow. That God would be present with you. That you would sense him. For those that know me really, really well, you know that I love to write. I find that my written voice is a lot more clear than my speaking voice. Which is why if you look at my notes and why I look at my notes often because I manuscript everything because that way I ensure myself that I don't say anything stupid. But as I sat down with this teaching and and reading through Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and all of this and thinking about change, I decided to write. And what I wrote was a rule of life for us, Christ followers, when we experience change. Something that we can come back to when we experience change that, that at least for me will ground me and center me in what I've talked about tonight. So if you're following along in, in the U version, it's there. If you're at home, you can still look at the U version. It's going to be on the screen too. Christ followers, rule of life and seasons of change. Let me get out of the way. As much as we may try, God orders the world, not us. God is in control. Therefore, we rid ourselves of our need to control, for we cannot. The world turns Tides rise and fall. Things change all without our input. 
Instead, we rest in the grace of God, our salvation through Jesus, and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to direct our life and every season therein. We recognize the joys of life and the sorrows of life, committing ourselves to experiencing them in their fullness, giving each their just due, and inviting God to dwell in and among us at every step, reminding us that Jesus is king in every season, and that this world is not our home. As we begin this next season, remember that that all seasons represent Zaman. That all seasons have a beginning and all seasons have an end. They are fixed to a definitive portion of time. If this season is hard for you, know that this too shall pass. But no matter the situation, know that your church and the community of this church is praying for you. Your pastors, Randall and myself, your board, your friends. We pray that you feel a deep and profound sense of peace in every gathering, in every conversation in this holiday season. No matter where you find yourself over the next six or so weeks, we pray that you feel the peace of God. And I challenge you and myself, us collectively, that also in this season, in the busyness that is this season, that we remind ourselves that God has placed eternity in our hearts. That we keep Jesus at the forefront of this season and that we keep Jesus at the forefront of every other season too. I love you. We are praying for you. And if you need anything in this season, would you please reach out? Whatever it is, we're available. We want to be available and we are available for whatever it might be because we love you and I love you. Thanks, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving.